invite you to open them up to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel 22, one of the prophets. He's also a, a priest in the scriptures. Um, we have been going through these last weeks as a church in a series called Teach Us to Pray. How many of you have enjoyed this series? Come on. How many of you are staying strong in the fast? How many of you saying, you know what, it's been hard, but I'm, I'm keeping on, keeping on, yeah? Uh, we're leaning in as a church, if you're just joining us, doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, I really pray that as we lean into this last week of praying and fasting, um, that we would continue to have that expectation that, Lord, you're still going to meet me, you're still going to fill me. And, um, you know, I've found that often at the end of something is when the most breakthrough happens. So I want to just encourage you, keep going, keep pressing in. We're going to end our fast on Vision Sunday uh, next Sunday, and I think we'll, we'll break the fast uh, with some, some donuts and some coffee. How does that sound? Maybe iced coffee, though. How about that? Okay. So we're, we're excited for that. So mark your calendars. Keep pressing on, pressing in. Uh, and hey, I really pray that, you know, teach us to pray that this isn't like a once in a year thing, but that we would really lean in uh, as a lifestyle that we embrace and walk in. Hey, the Lord says, my people should pray. I desire my house to be a house of prayer and worship. And so I pray that uh, if you're going through a hard time or you're feeling stressed or you're feeling, hey, I really need a word. I need to meet with God. Um, do a fast. Do a three-day fast. Do a, do a 21-day fast. You know, really I want to encourage you. Put that ball in your court and uh, go from there. So as we close our series today, uh, Ezekiel chapter 22, I really felt the Lord wanting to highlight uh, a word that um, I really want to share. And then we have some voices, uh, some uh, key voices in our church that we're going to uh, close our gathering today in a time of prayer. And so I really want to talk this morning from Ezekiel about um, the, the heartbeat, the posture, the power of intercessory prayer. And then I'm going to invite some voices to come up. They have a scripture to release over us, and they're going to lead us in prayer over some emphasis. So uh, I'm going to aim to get through this quickly, uh, and then we'll pray together and um, experience the Lord. My brother, hi. How are you? Welcome back. Sorry, I get so distracted. So many beautiful people. So many friends. Okay, Ezekiel 22. Y'all there? You have, you have your, your Bible? Okay. Uh, I want to read, starting in verse 23, um, the scriptures say this, again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has not been cleansed or rained on in the day of wrath. There is a conspiracy of her princes within her, like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people like taking treasures and precious things and making many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not, do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean, and they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. When the Lord says her, speaking of his nation Israel, his people, her officials within her are like wolves tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say, this is what the sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the foreigner denying them justice. Now this is quite a, um, 
a heavy and a weighty passage of Scripture to read on a Sunday morning in the year 2024. But I believe the Lord had highlighted this really to set up a bit of context for the importance of what He invites us into today as a church. So I want to lay a bit of groundwork, a bit of context, and then the Lord is going to invite us as a church to pray for people. So Ezekiel, again, he's, he's a priest, he's a prophet. He was raised up by the Lord. And the first message of Ezekiel is from the summer of 593 BC. This is four years after King Nebuchadnezzar that he exiled, he deported the first group of Israelites to Babylon. So the latest dated oracle is 22 years later. So the ministry of Ezekiel is about from 30 years old to 50. And in this time, Ezekiel, he, he's speaking to a people who have been exiled. He's speaking to a people who have been uh, faced with a judgment because they broke their faith, they broke their covenant with God. And Ezekiel is crying out to the people as we just read that, hey, there is sin in the land. Hey, there is, there is divination happening. There is conspiracy. There is uh, being like ravenous wolves and selfish gain, that there is a lot happening in the land and the Lord is speaking to Ezekiel. The primary purpose of this priest was to restore God's glory before Israel when they had rejected him in front of all of the watching nations, that the people had publicly profaned the name of their Lord, publicly scoffed the God who had brought them out of Egypt. Now they are in Babylon, exiled, deported. So Ezekiel's prophesying to a people during a great time of a confusion. He's wanting to bring them back as God is desiring to, to speak the reality of the situation, but also to call his people back to restore them into fellowship, to restore them into holiness, to restore them into right standing relationship with God. And so I want to just break down a, a bit of the text here, a bit of context again. Look at verse 23. Again, the word of the Lord came to me. This is important that we see that this is God's word, not man's. That this is not some landscape of the cultural moment from a man saying, I think this is, this is the bird's eye view. This is the perspective of God himself saying, this is my word. He says that Israel is so corrupt that the coming judgment that is coming, the exile, it sees God's desire to cleanse the land both spiritually and morally. That we think that judgment is, is God just, I, I, I don't like you anymore and, and you've turned from me and, and I'm giving up. It is actually a purpose to cleanse his people. To, to restore his people. They are so corrupted that the Lord says that you have been withheld from rain. You've been withheld from good thing, withheld from blessing to actually turn your heart back to me. He goes on to say in verse 25 that, that the people of the day are listening not to the voice of God, but to the voice of man. That there is some ear tickling happening, that they are speaking flattering words to deceive people, going against the will of God. Hey, we need to go and do this. When God has not spoken, there is needless death, needless suffering. And then all of this is for selfish gain. The very ones in this time who are called to be the example, called the, to be the leader, they become so compromised that they don't even know what's holy and what's unholy. They don't even know what's clean or unclean. The, the spiritual and the moral compass has become so 
are broken that the people leading the nation don't even know the voice of God anymore. The selfish gain, seeking not the glory of God and not the glory of people, but the gain of their own lives. False visions, false lies. See, this is the context here that it is very dark, it is very bleak. I, I think that if we just maybe look a bit broader in the, the larger landscape with, with morality, and but look, the Lord says in verse 30, all of this is happening. Selfish gain, unholiness, compromise. He says this, so I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger bringing down on their own heads all they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. So there's judgment coming. There is, you know, judgment, we, we, we think of that as this bad thing, but y'all, God is a just God, that there, there is consequence for evil. There, there is consequence, but we have to look at this because if we think that God is just wanting to pour judgment down and wrath down and God's out to get you, did you not see that he says, so I looked for someone who would stand in the gap so I would not have to bring the judgment. See, I think we need to understand the heart of God this morning. And I, I feel the Lord saying this today. And I pray that it's not true of us. But as he said in that age, he said, the Lord looked to and fro among the earth to see who is found faithful. You know, Moses in Exodus 32, the, the golden calf worship, the idolatry is Moses is up on the mountain meeting with God. Moses stands in the gap between the people. He says, Lord, relent from your anger. Remember your covenant. Remember, and the Lord listened to Moses. He found a Samuel in 1 Samuel 12, where Samuel says, the, the prophet, far be it from me to sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. That if I don't pray for you, I'm actually sinning against the God of heaven. He found in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, here I am, send me. Who will go for us, says the Lord. Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. He found a David, a man after his own heart, a man who would stand against the Philistines. How dare you defy the Lord my God. He found a Jeremiah. A young man who burned, he said, Father, if I don't speak, your word is like a burning fire within my bones. He has found people. Would he find us today standing in the gap? Would he find us? He found a Nehemiah rebuilding the wall alongside Ezra, the priest, the scribe. He says, I cannot come down for I'm doing a good work. Would God find us today? Would he find us in this hour to stand before the people of Perth, to stand before the people of Australia, to stand before the people of our world? Would you be found by God today? So what does it look like to be found? What does it look like to be found worthy, to be found standing in the gap, to be found where the Lord may say, I, I looked for someone and I found, I found Jesse. 
and I found Bailey, and I found Deb, and I, and I found Tribes Church, and I, and I found my body in Perth, and, and, I, and I found the church in it. I mean, would we be a people that would say, God, here I am. Here I am. So look what he says. I look for someone. So if we want to be found, I think this is the heart posture that we could say, not just today, but may this be a, 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 a life decision. He says, I look for someone who would build up the wall. See, this speaks of, of, of holes in a wall. The wall was the pride of the city. The wall was the safe place at Jericho. They had the, the pride of the city. They cannot come down. Right, Jerusalem had the walls, but there was a breach in the wall. There was a hole in the wall. How many of y'all heard? Maybe your mama said, son, daughter, don't, don't let the devil give, get a foothold in your life. Anybody ever heard that? What it means is there is a breach in the wall. There's a, a crack, a, a, a sliver, uh, a breach, maybe because of compromise or because you have, have, have turned from the Lord, that there is a breach, there's a hole in the wall. God says, I'm looking for someone who would actually rebuild the wall who would stand and build up the wall. He's looking for people who would be about his business. The ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of, of proclaiming the gospel, a great commission people that would go into all of the ends of the earth. Y'all, that means your neighborhood. Proclaiming the good news. Looking for faithful people who will partner with him. Looking for people who would stand and rebuild the wall. You know, I'm, I'm going to come alongside this person and, and I'm going I'm to place hope again. I'm going to place the bricks of, of the Word of God again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand and, and with my own Word and my own life. I'm going to stand faithful before God and I'm going to build up the wall as I stand and as I pray. See, God is looking for people not just to build, but also here He's looking for people who will stand in the gap. Builders, partners, and prayer people that he looks for people who would pray that would stand in the gap before God on behalf of the land see the man God sought the person God sought was not only a builder but just as importantly a person of prayer and so I feel the Lord just saying who will stand and pray for my people who would pray for those who are lost who would pray for those who are struggling in the church who, who would pray for my people who would pray for those may I be found in the wall see Second Peter 3 9 I think it's important that as we pray we understand the heart and the will of God First Peter 3 9 the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand it but he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but seeing all come to repentance see the judgment is coming there is an eternal judgment coming. We will all die and we will all face God. The Lord is saying, look to my son. Look to my sacrifice. I don't will to God. God does not delight in judgment. How do I know that? I see in Luke 19, Jesus goes before Jerusalem and he weeps. God in the flesh weeps over the city saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wish you would have known that the day of your coming how I wish to gather you as a mother hen gathers her children. I wanted to gather you unto myself, but you did not know the day of your visitation. 
crying over the city because he knew that some 40 years later, Titus, the Roman general, would come and destroy and siege Jerusalem, that not a stone, as Jesus says, would be left unturned. They would kill child, they'd kill women, they would kill everyone. And Jesus weeps knowing the judgment to come. Do we know our day of visitation? Do we know that the Lord has come? Do we know the gospel? Do we know the Lord and his love saying, I don't wish that anyone would perish. Would we stand and pray for people? Would we stand and pray God's heart over people? First Timothy 2, 3 through 6, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So we need to stand in the gap, pray in the heart of God, found holy, found blameless, found attentive, found in love, found in mercy, found in humility. Where are the priests? Where are the Samuels? Where are the Moses? Where, where are the Isaiahs? Where are the John the Baptists? Where are the holy ones? Where are the intercessors? Who will be found? I pray that that would be true for me. God, would you find me? I may not feel as, as qualified. Some of you may feel like I don't got the pedigree or I'm kind of struggling with some stuff. But y'all, would you just have a heart like Isaiah to say, Father, here I am. Send me. Maybe he's just looking for your availability. And so the last thing, who will be found? I just need to remind you, y'all, that this is necessary for today. That God desires people today to be saved. God desires people today to experience, as David says, his breakthrough. That God desires people today to come to know him even more, to, to grow in their spiritual formation, to, to see his will over their lives and their marriages and their children. The will of God today is, is to do as Psalm 103 says, to, to, to heal and to save and to set free. Come on, let's be found a people in the gap. Let's be found a people. I pray that God would not look upon Tribes Church and say, I found no one. And so I want us today to take just a moment before we go into a time of prayer. And I want us just wherever you're at, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? I want to just give you an opportunity, just a moment, just before God and man, for those who are saying, Lord, here I am. God, I, I want to stand in the gap. Maybe you've been getting this word again. Maybe in this fast, you've been waking up in weird hours, but it's the same time every night. I believe God is saying, hey, I'm calling you to stand in the gap. Would you partner with me? Some of you feel a burning sensation. Some of you feel some sweat on your brow. I know it's hot, but there's a, there's a, there's a holy call this morning. <laughs> So just across this room, I'm just going to pray and we're just going to lift our hands and put an amen on this. Meaning, I agree. Father God, we thank you. Lord, that we are a people that desire to be found by you in this hour. Thank you, Lord, that time is short. Though you are in control of all things. God, you say in the book of Revelation, behold, I am coming quickly. Father, I pray that we would live with a holy urgency. 
to be about your business, God. For everyone this morning who is saying, Lord, here I am, send me. I'll stand in the gap. I'll, I'll, I'll stand and I'll build and I'll partner and I'll pray. Here's my life. I give it to you, Father. I just pray over these ones, God, that you would ignite a fire within them. And Holy Spirit, you would baptize them right now, Lord, with a holy conviction, a burden, Lord. I pray your burden over people, a burden over this city, a burden over our families, and that we would be found faithful by you. So we declare, Lord, here we are. Send us, use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for hanging out with us on the Tribes Podcast. Before you click off, before you move on, I would love to encourage you to take a moment and pray. God wants to speak to you, not just through this time, but continually throughout the day. So take a moment and ask God, what is he asking of you? Have a great week, my friends. God bless. We'll see you next week.